song would have been perfect for last week, wouldn't it? <laughs> Take your cross and follow me. The, uh, that was the message from 1 Peter that we had last week. And this week, the message is going to come from 2 Peter chapter 3. So please be turning there. And I do want to thank you all for being here. I thank you for uh, being ready to come and, and worship God and do so in a way with a, that honors Him, that we worship Him with a sincere heart, and that we worship Him according to the truth. And those are items that are related to the message today. First Peter, mentioning that already, First Peter called us to suffer because that was the example that Jesus left. We suffer in order for our faith to be tested. That is very much what First Peter is all about. We suffer in order to be made pure for the judgment day. And that day will come. The question comes, are you ready? The, the idea of the judgment day is going to be brought up uh, very much because there are people who were going around even at the time of the apostles. Peter is writing here and there were people going around and teaching false doctrines. And Peter, Peter is warning people, don't follow people who teach false doctrines because they will be judged as will all ungodly men. So as we enter, you know, prepare to enter another, a new year. The old year wanes away and the new year comes. We're often thinking about things we want to change, things we want to do, things we want to do better, how we want to live better. We're always thinking about improving. And so this lesson today, the question of are you ready for the judgment day, there's going to be a transition that comes then. And before we get to that transition at the end of time, the great judgment day, we need to be asking ourselves similar questions as to what we ask now. How's this year been? You know, what am I going to do next year? What do I want to do different? What can I be better at? Well, when we think about our transition from this life to the next, we better be constantly thinking in that form, that fashion, as what what is it that needs to be changed? What can I do better? How does God, and this is probably a, the best question, how does God want to work in my life and how can I more fully submit to it? What can I do to honor God in my life? So the question comes, are you ready for the judgment day? If we, if we seek our own ways, we follow our own desires, our own lust, our own ways, we are not going to be ready for the judgment day. And it will not be pretty. So the, the idea of judgment is real, it is severe, and we ought not to follow any kind of false doctrine, whether we invent it in our own minds or we hear somebody else say it and think, that sounds good, I don't really have to worry about changing my life as much as I thought maybe I did, and I can just kind of go and coast through life. God will be happy as long as I'm a good person. No, that's not the way. So today we look and consider the word of God from 2 Peter chapter 3. So let's read verses 1 and 2. This is now, beloved, the second letter I am writing to you in which I am stirring up your sincere mind 
by way of reminder that you should remember the words spoken beforehand by the holy prophets and the commandment of our Lord and Savior spoken by your apostles. So here the, the writer, Peter, is he's given a clear indication of what his purpose is, and it's to stir up our minds by way of reminder. He wants us to remember some things. And I uh, simplified it on the outline to stir up your sincere mind for the truth. Stir up your sincere mind for the truth. Go look back and look in chapter 1 of this same book, verse number 12. After talking about how God wants the, 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 the wonderful work of God in our lives and what it can do for us. He says, therefore, I will always be ready to remind you of these things. Even though you already know them. So do you hear that? He's reminding, you know, and what, a lot of times when I get up here on Sundays, I'm thinking, all right, these people already know this. I just need to re- remind them. I need to stir up their minds for action. I need my mind stirred up. Let us be ready. Let us know and the things that we already know. Let us do them. Let us apply this to our lives and do it. Again, verse number 12. I'm going to read all the way through 15 this time, I think. Therefore, I will always be ready to remind you of these things, even though you know them, and have been established in the truth which is present with you. I consider it right, as long as I am in this earthly dwelling, to stir up by way of reminder, knowing that the laying aside of my earthly dwelling is imminent, as also... Our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me, and I will, and by the you know, that's interesting, isn't it? He knows he's going to die, so he knows he's passing from this life to the next. And so he's thinking about something else he needs to do, and it's for the sake of others. He's stirring up the minds of others. Verse 15, and I will also be diligent that at any time after my departure, you will be able to call these things to mind. Remember the things you know. And whenever somebody in, in Scripture is ta- telling you, calling you to remember something, it's more than just, hey, I want you to know this. The knowing, there's more to knowing than just knowing, isn't there? The important thing is to know and to do. Um, consider that. Remember that. Um, as you think about knowing and doing, I... Forgot to write down my reference note here, but in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 6, I want you to turn there with me. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Um, actually, Deuteronomy chapter 5. And I want to start... In verse number one, then Moses summoned all Israel and said to them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and the ordinances which I am speaking today in your hearing, that you may learn them and observe them carefully. The teaching of God is always this that I, hey, listen to God, do what he says. Don't just listen to God so that you're listening to God, but listen and do. 
Listen so that you can observe. Listen so that you can become and act in the way that he wants you to do. The way that he wants you to be. Listen and do. So it's very much a common theme throughout the entirety of the Bible. Is listen and do. If you listen and you don't do, that puts you in the category of a hypocrite. And that is very much another theme of scripture is that don't be like the hypocrites. We do not want to be hypocrites. We want to hear the word of God. We want to know the truth and have our minds stirred up so that we can follow through with what we know. Be ready to do what you know. And again, so here's that that thought as you get ready to enter another year. Next year, think about doing what you know to do. How about following the truth in the way that you know you should? How about putting aside the junk that we know we should put aside? Put it aside and follow after the way of God more perfectly. God will help you do that. Be determined to submit to him. Okay, here's, and here's another point that is a very important point from Peter. Peter, one of the apostles, perhaps Peter, the ringleader of the apostles. Peter, the main one that Jesus chose and, and, and set, put him in, on that day of Pentecost. He was the one who delivered that great and mighty, wonderful message, opening the, opening the doors to the kingdom of God in Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost. Now notice, the question comes from, is, from where does the truth come? If we're supposed to know the truth, and we already know the truth, well, where does that truth come from? Or is there new, is there new truth that is supposed to come to us? Is, are we waiting for more? Are we relying upon somebody else? You relying upon Eric to teach you something new? You waiting on some prophet to say, hey, I heard a message from heaven and here it is? Is that where the truth comes from? I think Peter is clear that there are two sources of truth. It was true at that time then. It is true to this day today. If you want to know truth, there are two sources. Verse number two specifically said that you should remember the words spoken beforehand by the holy prophets. Okay, so that is a reference to, I would get, I guess I'd go ahead and say all things Old Testament. Those things written and recorded there were written and recorded by the prophets themselves. From Moses on down to all the other prophets. They recorded that. So you should remember the words spoken beforehand. By the holy prophets. And. Source number two. The commandment of your Lord. of Excuse me. The commandment of the Lord and Savior. Spoken by your apostles. Okay, so two sources of truth. You got the Old Testament, the law that was given, the law and the prophets delivered by Moses and the prophets. And source number two is actually the commandment of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And where did we get the commandments of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? It was delivered by the apostles. So the apostles are gone. There are no new apostles. Don't believe anybody who claims that they are apostle who speaks something new to the glory of God. If somebody says, well, I'm an apostle in the sense I'm just a messenger sharing this truth, then maybe you can say, oh, that makes sense. That's fine. But it's always this truth. It's the Old Testament and the New Testament. 
Learn it. Know it. That's where the truth is found. So there's, you know, if, if you don't want to read commentaries and all kinds of crazy things, don't, don't do it. But read the Word of God. Learn it and know it. This is where truth comes from. Stir up your mind for this truth. You know, and this, this, this year we've been, the reason we're studying from 2 Peter chapter 3 is because this past week we read 2 Peter in our, for those of you who are participating, you got your own reading plan, that's great. But for those of us who are doing the reading plan that, that we had uh, suggested, you know, you read through this. We're, we are trying to stir up our minds for the truth. Learn the truth and do it. Be dedicated to it. Have your mind stirred up to it. That doesn't, you know, that doesn't mean we're just kind of saying, well, it's okay and I kind of know it. Be stirred up to learn the truth. Search it. Find it. Search it daily. Know that this is the only source of truth that you need. It's the only source of truth that there is pertaining to things from God. Okay, so moving on to the verses 3 and 4. So, knowing this, that in the last days mockers will come with their mocking, and they're mocking God. They're saying, God, this isn't right. They're following after their own lust and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all continues just as it was from the beginning of creation. Do not follow false teachers. Mockers will come. They're not seeking the truth of God. They're they're taking the promises of God and they're saying, I don't believe that. Jesus is coming. Eh. You know, ever since creation, things have always just continued. Everything's just continued in the same pattern. God's not coming back. He's not going to, Jesus said he was going to come back. He is not coming. Everything just goes along day by day in the same way it has from the very beginning of creation. Don't follow them. Don't listen to them. Know that they will come. Know that false teachers will come with their mocking. And it's still, you know, here it is, Peter. Peter's still alive. This is during the first generation of the church, and people are coming and mocking the very word of God and saying it's a bunch of hubbubaloo, whatever hubbubaloo is. Um, maybe somebody can write a definition of that down for me. Don't follow them. The reason you don't want to follow them is because they're following their own lusts, their own desires. So, it, you know, you think about every false doctrine that's come up. I think in some way it could be categorized as this, that they're following their own lust. They're following their own desires and coming up with some new doctrine. Well, here in this particular uh, doctrine, when they're saying, where, where is the promise of his coming? Everything's just continuing like it has from the beginning. Well, they're, they're kind of saying you don't have to worry about Jesus coming back. If you don't have to worry about Jesus coming back, then you can live however you want. Everything that Jesus said is, you know, if he, if he lied about coming back, then he lied about being the Son of God. It's all a lie. You can do what you want to do. They follow their lusts. 
They try and say things that sound good to other people. They, they say things that, and try and believe things that make things easier for themselves. Um, a couple examples in the Old Testament are Jeremiah 23, verses 16 through 20. You can turn there and look if you want to. Jeremiah 23, 16. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Do not listen to the words of the prophets who are prophesying to you. They are leading you into futility. They speak a vision of their own imagination, not from the mouth of the Lord. They keep saying to those who despise me, the Lord has said you will have peace. Doesn't everybody want to hear that? You will have peace. Everything's going to be fine. And as for everyone who walks in the stubbornness of his own heart, they will say, calamity will not come upon you. But who has stood in the counsel of the Lord that he should see and hear his word? Who has given heed to his word and listened? Behold, the storm of the Lord has gone forth in wrath, even a whirling tempest. It will swirl down on the head of the wicked. The anger of the Lord will not turn back until he has performed and carried out the purposes of his heart. In the last days you will clearly understand it. Do you hear that promise is that God is saying, you know, some people are saying, oh, everything's fine. Don't worry about it. And God is saying, no, I'm coming. You're not going to be ready and it's going to be a storm. Things are going to be bad. Judgment will come. Uh, another one, Ezekiel 13, verses 8 through 11. Thus says the Lord God, because you have spoken falsehood and seen a lie. Therefore, behold, I am against you, declares the Lord God. So my hand will be against the prophets who see false visions and utter, and utter lying divinations. They will have no place in the council of my people, nor will they be written down in the register of the house of Israel, nor will they enter the land of Israel, that you may know that I am the Lord God. And it is definitely because they have misled my people by saying, Peace. When there is no peace. And when anyone builds a wall, behold, they plaster it over with whitewash. So tell those who plaster it over with whitewash that it will fall. A flooding rain will come and you, O hailstones, will fall. And a violent wind will break out. So judgment is coming, but some people are just saying peace. It's like them building a, a wall that's, that's junky and, and covering it up with whitewash. You know, they're just kind of trying to hide things. It does not work. It's false, and it will fail. The judgment of God will come. So a lot of, a lot of times past, we see it from the Old Testament, that people were pre- preaching something that sounds nice, and that people, oh, that's, I love to hear peace, yay. We don't have to worry about things are going to get difficult like this other prophet is saying. We don't have to worry about sin and repenting of sin like another prophet is saying. We can just go about like everything is normal. That's what we want. Don't ruffle the feathers of anyone. It was true in the Old Testament. It's true in the New Testament. Jesus isn't coming. Don't worry. Go on. Everything. Live like normal Quit putting your, all this pressure on yourself to try and be ready for when Christ comes back. And you know what? It's just 
It's, it's people just trying to say things they want to believe and things that they know other people will want to hear and believe. You know, there was a few years ago that uh, Rob Bell, several years ago now, um, and there's probably many books before him that did kind of the same thing. Rob Bell wrote a book, and, and it was called Love Wins. And the book, I never read it. I wasn't interested in reading it, to be honest. The, the essence of the book, I'm told, was kind of just make you question about, is there really a hell? What is hell? What is heaven? You know, and just kind of make you question things. Well, and the title of it is called Love Wins. So you just go from that little bit that I know about it, and it's, well, you, you just be a good person. You just love others. That's all you have to do. You'll get to heaven. Love wins. If you're, if you're a person that is filled with love, in the end, you'll win. You'll go to heaven, if there is a heaven, I guess. You know, it's just be a good person, love others. And, and, and that's not what this book, that's not what Second Peter is talking about. It's talking about knowing the truth so that as we're going to see in just a second, you won't be destroyed. Know the truth and practice it so you won't be destroyed with the intense heat of the judgment. Okay, verses 5 through 7. For when they maintain this, it escapes their notice that by the word of God, the heavens existed long ago and the earth was formed out of water by water through which the world at that time was destroyed, being flooded with water. But by his word, the present heavens and earth are being kept or being reserved for fire, kept for the day of judgment and the destruction of ungodly men. So, hey, if you. You think everything's just, from the very beginning of creation, you think everything's just continued like normal, like, and now there's, Jesus isn't going to come either. There's no, going to be no judgment. Hey, there was a time when judgment came, and it was when the entire earth was flooded. The earth was destroyed once before. It will be destroyed again. So the earth is reserved for fire. So those folks who are, these false prophets, they're lying to you. Their, their logic doesn't even stand up. It doesn't work. What they want to believe is not true. And by the way, that is there. They want to believe this. Um, and that is, uh, at the beginning of verse 5, my translation says, when they maintain this. And it is when they desire this, when they want this. They willfully choose this false teaching. When they do that... You know, it's just clear that it, they're choosing what is wrong. Their logic is wrong, and the present heavens and earth will be destroyed by fire. Verses 8 and 9 of Second Peter chapter 3. But do not let this one fact escape your notice. Beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. The Lord is not slow about His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. And so, hey, God, the idea of time with God, you know, and Jesus is going to come soon. Well, he is going to come soon in his own time. He's going to come soon. He is coming soon. But God's time is a little bit different than ours. But the thing that is important to remember, the thing that is true, is that the Lord, and on this outline, the, the passage is there for you. This is one I'd encourage you to remember. 
This is a truth about God. It's a truth about Christ. The Lord is not slow about His promises. He will carry out His promise. He's not, I don't know if I want to do that. That's not what He's not slow about His promises. Some count slowness, but is patient toward you. Not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. God wants to save everyone in this world. God wants to save you and me, everybody in this building, everybody in this city. God wants to save everyone in this world that has ever been, ever will be. He wants all to come to repentance. And that's how you can be saved. That's how you can Escape the judgment. Ungodly men will be judged. The the, the teachers of false doctrine, the followers of false doctrine, those who just don't care and do their own thing, ungodly men will be judged. And they will be destroyed. According to verse 7. But God doesn't want that. He wants all to come to repentance. And a point about repentance here. Repentance is simply doing what we've already stated back up with verse number one is to hear it and do it. Matthew uh, chapter 24, excuse me, Matthew chapter 7 and uh, verse number 24. Matthew 27 verse, Matthew 7, 24, full stop. Therefore, Jesus says, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them, acts on them, puts them into practice, may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Jesus says, hey, you listen to me all day long and have fun listening to me, enjoy my stories or whatever, but that's not the point, is you need to hear it and do it. Hear and do. That is repentance, is that we hear the word of God and start doing what he wants us to do and not what we want to do because they're polar opposites. That's the suffering angle of it, is that we put, we put to death our old self and start living for God. So hear it and do it. And we better, better be doing it because the day of the Lord will come like a thief. So God's not slow. He's being very patient. But when that day comes for any one of us, It will come like that. It will come in an instant. Whether it's when the Lord comes or when our day for our final breath, whether it comes before the Lord comes, when we die, or when the Lord comes back, it is going to come like a thief. The day of the Lord will come. The words of Jesus. That's Peter's just teaching what he heard his master teach. The day of the Lord will come like a thief. Verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief in which the heavens will pass away with a roar and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat and the earth and its works will be burned up. The judgment day. It will come. The day of the Lord will come. It will come like a thief when you least expect it is what Jesus said. So... Verse 11, since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, and you hear this word destroyed, destroyed, destroyed. It's a warning, isn't it? It's not love wins. Love does win, but you know it's got to be according to the truth. 
Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning and the elements will melt with intense heat. But according to his promise, we are looking for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. What a glorious thought and what a glorious day to, to be able to think about that, that place where their cars don't get stolen, where, where money doesn't get lost, where the, the river doesn't rise, you know, where whatever your situation and the bad things that happen, those things won't happen in this new earth, the new heavens, the new earth. What a beautiful, wonderful thought. But for that to happen, all this worldly stuff that we know, it's going to be destroyed by fire. So what sort of people ought we to be? I just encourage you to be holy and godly so that you can look for and you can hasten the coming of the day of God. We should long for the day when everything gets fixed. When we go to be with God, we should be longing and looking forward to that. We should be saying, oh man, I, I can't wait. And we can't do that if we're still stuck in sin, if we're still living for ourselves. We've got to give ourselves over to Christ and live His way. Don't follow false teaching. And don't follow uh, good teaching that doesn't require you to you know, give up everything to follow Christ. Live completely and fully for Him. Be all in for Jesus Christ. I want to challenge the church today as you think about uh, coming to a, a new year and thinking about what can I do better this year. You just think about, Jesus. what does Jesus want to do with your life? If Christ is in you, what kind of person ought you to be? How should you be living and, and live in that manner and Look at the challenge that is there. It's just keep reading for the end of chapter 3, the end of the, the little book called Second Peter, that letter. Read through the end, chapter 3, verses 14 through 18, and do what it says. Study it. Look at it hard and do what it says. Put it into practice. Do it. And if there's anybody here today who's not a Christian, <coughs> you know, this... This idea of a judgment day, it's real. And we know that there is going to be a day that we all die. And you need to be ready for that day today. Today's the day of salvation. Today's the day when, when you can say, hey, I've heard this Jesus thing. I don't know everything about him, but I believe it. And I want to live for him so that I can look forward to the judgment day and not cower back in fear. Look forward to being able to lift my eyes and seeing a, a Savior who is saying, Hey, welcome. You're one of, my, one of mine. You belong to me. Have faith in Jesus Christ who died to bring grace and truth and peace into your life. Give your life to Jesus. It is the most wonderful, wonderful way so that you truly can live uh, without... It's, it's, it's funny because it's, it's a stirring thing to consider is that, hey, i got to give myself fully to it. But when I, when I have a sincere heart, a sincere mind, as it instructs here, and I'm just saying, all right, I'm in, 
God, change me into what you want me to be. Show me what we're going to do. We'll do it together. I'm going to try with all my heart, and you, you pick up the rest. God's going to help me to do it. That's a great and wonderful, peaceful life. You can't get that peace anywhere else. So consider Jesus. Have faith in Him. Give your life to Him. And if you want to know what it means or to, to be in Christ and how to get into Christ, I encourage you to come today. Give your life to Him as we stand together and sing.